is standing for the reading of God's word. Let me say a very special thank you to these wonderful young people. Don't they look good? Amen. Amen. Thank God. I didn't know young folks still wore hats in Chapel Y'all look good. We may have to start something. Amen. We may have to start something in this section over here. Tell them to get some hats. Amen. 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 God bless you. Would you bless these young people again? Amen. Again, to Bishop Alexander Dwight and Mother Dwight, thank you guys so much. We are certainly proud of you and praying for you. There's a word from the Lord as we continue this series that's entitled Emotional Pitfalls. In fact, we have added an additional message to the seven original messages that we had so we now have eight. I think we're working on number nine. I uh, thought I was finished until God says, what about this one? You need to talk about this one. And y'all will really understand what I'm talking about when I share with you the subject for today's message. In that first message, we dealt with don't worry about it. Second message, it was entitled, don't look back. Third message, we said, don't be weary. Fourth message, we simply says, don't be afraid. Last week, we said, don't be jealous. Amen. And so this is an additional one. Amen. This is message number six. The book of Numbers, chapter 14, verses 1 through verse 4, the New King James Version. Amen. This is this message. Is for all the blessed folk in the house. Amen. Any, any blessed folk in the house? All the. I hope y'all still feel that way when I tell you what I'm going to preach about. Amen. Amen. Verse number one, Numbers 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Verse number two, and all the children of Israel complained. All of them complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation, the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness God said I'm throwing this in I can arrange that for you <laughs> be careful what you say amen amen verse number three they said why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Verse number four. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt and return to a place of bondage. 
and to return to a place that God has already delivered you from. Can I preach this this morning? And the church said, Amen. Verse number two is where the subject is found. The first clause of verse number two simply says, And all the children of Israel complained. And all the children of Israel complained. The series is entitled Emotional Pitfalls. Here is now the sixth message of this series. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. Squeeze those hands. This time you really mean it. <laughs> this message, you really mean it. Squeeze those hands. Look at somebody and say, don't complain. That's what we want to talk about. Don't complain. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't. Now, before I started this, all you all told me you were blessed. Amen. If you're blessed, then just look over at somebody and say, then don't complain. Amen. Don't complain. Listen. Perhaps the one thing that most of us can all agree on is this. No one really enjoys being around someone who constantly complains. Can I just be honest with you all? Perhaps the reason why some of you don't have any friends is because your attitude is toxic. Whining, complaining, always something gone wrong. There's a but behind every exclamation mark. Listen, this is even more frustrating to be around someone who you have been blessed by the Lord in so many ways. You can see the blessings on them. You know where God has brought them from. You know what God has done in their lives. You know how God turns situations around in their lives. Yet, they seem to still whine and complain about everything. When, when you hear them coming, you go, oh my God. You hate to pick up the phone. Their voice is whiny. Their attitude is whiny. Can I just be real? I mean, it just, I, I mean, as I, I'm the eternal optimist. I usually can put up with anybody and everybody. But this is just a pet peeve. The one thing that irks me more than anything else, I just don't enjoy being around somebody who always whines. Amen, somebody. Find something good to say. Amen. I know your head hurt, but the sun is shining. I, 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 I know you don't have all the money you want to pay your bills, but God is still good. All the time. Can you not find one thing 
to give God some praise about that's good in your life. Let me tell you, it is pretty uh, frustrating to be around whiners and complainers. In fact, there are some people who never seem to be grateful for anything and all the many things that God has already blessed them with. All, you know people like that, don't you? you? You know people that God has made ways for and blessed them, but yet there's always something else. There's always the next problem. There's always the next issue. It is draining. In fact, complaining... This is, in my humble opinion, Bishop Dwight, it is uh, no, no expertise uh, on that. I am not a trained psychiatrist, psychologist. I'm just a bootleg preacher, okay? <laughs> and in my humble opinion, complaining is a complete waste of one's time and energy. It doesn't change a thing. Now, I'm not talking about constructive criticism. I'm not talking about pointing out where there ought to be improvements. I'm just talking about... Somebody shake your head and say, I know what you mean, Pastor. I have been there. For those who complain the most seem to accomplish the least. I don't know everything, but I've started several businesses and ran uh, enterprises and been around and been pastor for a few years. And I have come to this realization that complainers don't accomplish what they should because the time they're spending complaining, they ought to be doing something about it. So help me tell somebody don't complain. Listen, I have also observed something else. Thank you for giving me the personal liberty to point this out. I've observed uh, that constant complainers, now this is, again, my humble opinion, constant complainers are usually very miserable people. Am I right about it? You find the folk in your family that's always sickly and always this. It's usually the folk that complain about everything. You find the folk that are always... The constant complainers are usually miserable people. Again, in my opinion, they are not... Listen, this is an important observation. They are not complaining because they are miserable. They are miserable... Because they're always complaining. I'm going to slow this down. To help some of us. When you are always complaining, no wonder your life is so miserable. When the glass is always half empty. When the day is always partly cloudy. <laughs> when no matter how good things have been, they're never good enough. No wonder you wake up in a bad mood. No wonder your head hurt. If, if, if I was inside your head like that, it'd hurt too. It, no, no wonder you can't ever seem to turn that corner. Because constant 
complaining and whining makes you miserable. And guess what? You've heard this expression. I'm not the author of this. I don't know who is, but it's wonderful. Misery loves company. So here's what I, again, my own limited observation, Deacon Kennedy, I found out that miserable people hang around miserable people. And they form a miserable group. In fact, Job called his friends miserable consolers, miserable comforters. Why? Because they all found fault in something in Job's life. Amen. If you want to feel better, get a better attitude. Some of us need to change our environment. Some friends we need to just delete and say, you know what, I'm going to be busy for the next couple of months, maybe the next couple of years. In fact, no, I'm going to be busy the rest of my life. And so I just advise you to find somebody else to hang on because life is too short, too fragile to spend your limited time on this earth around miserable people. You don't know when it may be your last day, your last week, your last year. And I don't want to spend the last days of my life uh, trying to console and having folk making me miserable, dumping all their problems on you. Because misery loves company. Amen. It has also been said that complaining never just ruins the lives of other people. It also ruins the life of the complainer. And they oftentimes don't even know it. I told you during this whole series I wanted to talk to you. In fact, the more we complain, the more unhappy we seem to become. There is a correlation between constant complaining and becoming unhappy. Positive outlooks make you feel better. In fact, there, there are physicians that would tell you speak positive, talk positive, read positive stuff, go out, open, and they will often tell you open the blinds because sunshine makes you feel better. That's a message I'm working on called the sun makes you feel better. Not the S-U-N, but the somebody just caught it. Amen. And so when we, when we expose ourselves to positive thinking, positive living, we feel better. We live longer. It can indeed, complaining, constantly complaining, can become an emotional pitfall and a hindrance to our faith walk. If, as we attempt to walk by faith and not by how we feel or what we see. Listen, there's a wonderful quote I shared with my wife the other week from Joyce Myers. Some of you know her and read. I've never read any of her materials before. And I saw this wonderful quote by Joyce Myers. And I, I said it's worth sharing with you. Noted author, evangelist. She says, and I quote, and I put it on the screen for you so you can see it. Complaining is a dangerous business. It can damage or even destroy your relationship with God. 
your relationship with others. And yes, even your relationship with yourself. Some folk are messed up and don't even know how messed up they are. Am I right about it? So some folk are wondering what's going on in my life and they don't even know. If they would take an assessment of how much negativity they allow out of their mouth, in their head, in their atmosphere, then perhaps they would understand where well, the reason why I don't want to lift my head is because I'm always speaking things that makes me drop my head. That's why the Bible said, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, you everlasting. And what? The king of glory shall come in. In other words, the king of glory said, I'm not even coming in when your head down and when you're walking around frowning and always mourning. If you want God in your life, wake up and say, it's a good day. And speak to the atmosphere. Speak to your situation. I don't, I don't care what may be going wrong in your life, but you've got to speak as if you know God is able to turn it around. How many declare even before the sun rise, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Somebody know that God is good even before he turns things around in your life. I'm preaching to somebody. It'd be a good time to put a praise on something you know about what God has done in your life. Take a praise break. Take 30 seconds to give God your best Shabbat praise from the depth of your belly. You're not the only one who's sick. You're not the only one who's broke. You're not the only family that's struggling with family issues. But I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall always be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Put a praise not just on your testimony but on your problem put a praise on every issue in your life Woo! though he slay me yet will I trust him anyone can praise God on a good day but can you save your best praise for your worst day Woo! can you give God a praise when everything around you seems to be falling apart, confuse the enemy. Do not allow the enemy to look at you and predict how you feel. Woo! Oh, y'all better watch it. I said, I don't want to get you too excited, but do me a favor. Look at somebody and say, I don't look like what I've been through. Woo! In fact, I changed that, Sal. My new mantra, Sister Jennifer, is I refuse to look like what I am going through. So if I'm broke, I don't look like it. If I'm sick, I don't act like it. If my family is falling apart, you'll never know it. Because I know how to praise God and worship God. And I 
just need a handful of folk to say I refuse to look like what I'm going through. All the sick folks say yeah. Anybody needs a financial blessing? Listen, listen. As you take your seat, look at somebody and say, I won't complain. From this point on, folk will never know what you're going through. Don't come to church frowning, mad. Give God your bet. Let me get on with the text. I, I, I don't know how I got here, but I just, I'm stuck here for a moment. I'm just stuck here because God says if you want to confuse the enemy, you do know that Satan is not omniscient. You know that, right? You know that the enemy does not know everything. Can I tell you something? Most of the stuff the enemy knows about us, we tell him. Well, I don't think I'm feeling too good today. The devil say, thank you, I'll make you feel worse. Uh, I, I don't feel like going to church today. Thank you, I'll put you in a row. But don't, don't say it, even if you feel it. Don't, don't let it come out of your mouth. For the Bible said, let the redeemed oh, of the Lord say so. Say something positive. Look at our text. We have a powerful text that is found in Numbers 14, but it originates in Numbers 13, and in fact, it goes all the way back to Exodus. Our text involves the children of Israel and their horrible whining, complaining attitude about what God was doing in their lives. Let me paint a picture for you briefly. I'll finish it on Tuesday. God had delivered them out of Egypt by the mighty hand of God. In fact, there was a scripture in Exodus and God told Moses, Moses, I am going to initiate the Passover. And here's what I'm going to do. This night, I'm going to bring justice to the oppressors, abusers. But I need you to do something. I need you to slay an animal and take the blood and put it on the doorpost. Everybody under the house of Israel. And although they don't deserve it, when the death angel passes through but when I see the blood I pass over your house Ooh. can I preach this how many of you are so glad there's some blood still on your doorpost? Anybody know that God's passed over some things in your life? God has brought you from some situations. God has done some things for you that was only done because of the blood. 
So God delivered them. You know the story. God killed the firstborn of all of Egypt, including Pharaoh's heir apparent, and his firstborn son was dead. And God delivered them. Whew. Somebody say, but God. And on top of this, go back and read Exodus. God allowed them to come out with the Egyptians' stuff. God gave them gold and silver that was not theirs but belonged to their oppressors. And God blessed them with the Egyptian stuff. They got to their first crisis, which was the Red Sea, and that's when it began. They began to complain then, well, Moses, you brought us out here to drown or to be destroyed by the army that's chasing us. And God told Moses, stand still, Moses. Stretch out your rod. And Moses stretched out his rod. You know the story. And the sea parted, and they walked across on dry land. And God closed the sea and all of Pharaoh's army. Woo! James Cleveland wrote a song. Decades ago, I never understood how Mary got tied up with Moses. But James Cleveland said, oh, Mary, don't you weep. Pharaoh's army, you know the song said, have been drowned in the Red Sea. It may not be theological correct, but at least we know the story. Am I right about it? But listen to what happened. They were so ungrateful. They were so disrespectful. They took the gold and the silver that God had given them, and what did they do with it? They made a golden calf out of their blessings. Oh, somebody, I, I, I want to preach this so bad. But we are still taking God's stuff that God has given us, and we are worshiping the gold and not the person who gave us the gold. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Amen. Your help is not in your resources, not in your IRA, your bank account, your net worth, but your help comes from the Lord. Because if God had not given you the strength to work, if God had not blessed you, anybody know that God opened doors that only God could open? But here's the issue. And I want to share this with you. Numbers chapter 13, beginning at verse 26. I want to share this. So they get to a point. This journey from Egypt to the promised land should have only taken a matter of maybe a few days, maybe a couple weeks at the most. But God had to slow them down because... I knew that they didn't appreciate what God was doing. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Some of you are wondering why you keep going in circles. Look at somebody and say, God got you in the wilderness. And you got, and see, God, God can't deliver you out of the wilderness if you can't first appreciate how you get out. Look at the text. So God says to Moses in the beginning, he tells Moses this, and here's, here's the problem. He, he tells Moses to send out spies. In fact, verse 1 of chapter 13 is so important because God says to Moses, he says, send me men to spy on the land. Here's what the NIV says, to explore the land. 
Somebody, you, you got to be careful because God meant, God, God never said, send me people to determine if you're able to get the land. He says, send me those to explore the land which I am giving you. I'm giving it to the Israelites. Go back to the New King James Version. He says, I am giving it to them. So from the beginning, they were told, send me out, folk, to check out the land that God has given you. And so Moses does, Moses sends 12 spies. Ten of them come back with a negative report. Only Joshua and Caleb had the faith to believe. Here's the report, verse 26, and I need you to see this because I want you to see what God is doing. Chapter 13, verse 26, it says this, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron. And all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness, uh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation. Here's the key, verse number 26, they showed the fruit of the land. Oh, good God almighty. Church, in other words, if there was any doubt what God said about the prosperity in the land, here is the proof. They brought the fruit in their hand. Some of us got evidence all around us that God is good right there among us. They showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, however we went to the land where you sent, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruits. But here's the word, 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwelled in the land are strong. Look at somebody and say, so what? God says, I'm going to be blessed, but I've got some haters. Throw your hand up and say, so the people in the land, they says, are strong. The cities are fortified. Please throw your hands up and say, so what? And very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak, which were giants. We saw the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jezbeites, the Amorites. We saw all the folk and the Canaanites by the sea. But then, thank God for Caleb. Thank God for at least some faith walkers. Joshua and Caleb, in this text it says, Caleb, Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and Caleb says, let us go up at once. And, good God, thank you, Caleb. Are there any Calebs in here? Is there anybody in here that know that your job is not to go check it out, it is to go possess it? God says, go possess it. God didn't ask you to go and ask your enemy, you feel like blessing me? God didn't go and say, well, do you think I can get a blessed? Some of you got to sit right there until God opens the door. And God said, when I open the door, you go get it. Who am I preaching to? Somebody in here, God is about to open the door for you to go get it. So Caleb says, we are able to overcome it. Anybody know you're able to overcome it? But here's the problem. But the men who had gone with him says, we are not able to go against the people. Look at what they said. For they are stronger 
than we. Ask your neighbor, how do you know that? How do they know that? They've not had one battle. Ooh, I got to go. I wish I could preach to some faith walkers. Elder Wilson, you hadn't had one fight. And every battle you had, God wanted on your behalf. And yet you give the devil more credit than what he deserved. Somebody say they're greater than we. How do you know that? In fact, every enemy you've ever encountered, God did it. Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. <laughs> I can't figure that out. But, but so how do you know that? Listen to what this says. He said the people there are greater than we are. Then they go on to say this. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Please ask somebody, how do you know that? All the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Throw your hands up and say, so what? There we saw the giants. We saw men who came from giants. And here is the part that messed them up. And we were like grasshoppers in whose sight? Our own sight. And so we were in theirs. If you call yourself nothing, that's what the devil calls you. If you call yourself broke, that's who the devil calls you. If you say that I'll never achieve anything, that's exactly what the devil will say about you. But I've got news for every devil from the pit of hell. I am going on what God says. For God says I'm blessed and highly favored. God says blessed going in, coming out. God says blessed in the city and blessed in the fields. Anybody know what God says matter more than what your haters say about you? I need somebody to give God your best praise over what God has already declared in your life. Woo. Look at somebody and say God has already declared. I refuse to allow the enemy to allow me to complain over something God has already delivered me from. God has already made a way out of nowhere. Somebody clap your hand and tell your neighbor sitting next to you, it is already done. Go possess what is yours. You don't have to check it out. Go get it. Go get it. somebody up. Tell them stand up. Grab them by the hand. Say get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Shut up. And go get it. Who in the world am I preaching? I, I just feel like somebody in this house need to make a step. Here we go. One, two, and... It's yours. It's yours. Go touch three people say, it's yours. It's yours. It does not belong to the enemy. It belongs to you. It has your name on it. It has your family's name on it. 
get it, go get it, go get it. Leave your seat, walk around, wave at somebody, say go get it, go get it. Stop complaining. Don't complain. Shut up. Close your mouth. Go get it, go get it. Go get your child. Go get your son. Go get your daughter. praise in the house I feel a praise in the house think of one thing God did for you and lift your hands and say I won't complain because if God did it then God can do it again if God did it then he can where are my praises where are my worshipers I need about 100 folk to leave your seat. Come look me in the face and say it's mine, it's mine. Woo! I feel a breakthrough. I feel a breakthrough. Get ready! Giant slayers! Look at somebody saying, you are a giant slayer! So what they're giants? So what they're demons? So what they're haters? It can't stop you from... somebody said don't you complain don't you give the devil any credit don't you let the devil have a foothold in your life you've got 30 seconds to put your best praise on it's already done what you're going through don't act like what you're going through don't behave like what you're going through go ahead Zion go ahead audience go ahead musician Somebody needs to dance in advance. Dance like you already got it. Act as if you already got it. It's already done. Woo! Lord, I'm grateful. 
Lord, I'm grateful. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it. somebody standing next to you and say I'm so grateful say God didn't have to do it but he did I could still be in Egypt Woo! you could still be in that messed up relationship Woo! but God but God but God! Listen. 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 I couldn't even get to my three points. I'll do that on Tuesday night. I've got three key observations I want to... But here's what God told me. I want to get to this last point in my message. As we enter this special time of the year, let us resist the temptation to complain about the things that have not gone the way we may desire them to go in 2019. Look at somebody say, don't complain about what has not gone your way this year. But let us remember to be grateful for all the many blessings that we now enjoy. All they had to do is look around. 
they were complaining, listen to this, a professor of mine in seminary pointed this out, he's gone on to be with the Lord, the late Dr. Terry Harbert said this man, they were complaining about where they were and they forgot where they came from. <laughs> When you remember you came out of Egypt, you don't complain about the wilderness because it's better than Egypt. Ooh. And so listen, Sister Kristen Williams, chosen generation, young adults, coming with one of my favorite songs. You may have heard me say this, and my wife can attest to this. I'm a creature of habit. And I'm careful what I allow in my spirit. So every night before I go to bed, I play the same song. <laughs> I put it in my CD, Jeff. I play the same one every night. My wife can tell you. And the song says, I'm grateful. Because when I go to bed at night, the last thought I want on my mind is not what somebody has done to me. It's not all the things that have gone wrong in my day. But when I close my eyes and go to sleep, that's what my wife said. Before the song is over, I'm already sleeping. Because here are the words of the song. I'm grateful for all the things you've done. You've done for me. This is the part I like, Mother. It says, you've been faithful and merciful for my sins you forgave me. Hallelujah. I will sing to you all the glory. <laughs> I will give to you. I could never praise you enough. Mm. Then the song goes on to say, oh, 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 I'm grateful. Anybody know I'm grateful? You've been good to me. Faithful, you've been good to me. You are a healer, a provider. Woo! That's my bedtime song. And a way maker. I'm grateful. Come on, Sister Kristen. Young adult praise team. Woo! I'm oh. grateful If you've got to leave, see you next week But to those of us that are grateful It's time to worship This is personal Look at somebody and say, this is personal Done for me St. Christy, yeah You've been faithful And merciful And <laughs> merciful Anybody know he's forgiven you of all your sins? Forgave me. Uh, ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will sing. I will sing to you. All the glory. All the glory. I will give to you. I will give to you. I could never. I could Praise you. Praise you. That's my testimony. Enough, Lord. Enough. Ooh. 
Lift those hands, everybody. All the grateful folk, help me worship. my child that could have been your child that could have been you Amen. 
Catch someone by the hand. Look at someone and say, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what comes my way, I won't complain because I'm grateful. Woo! It could be worse. It could be worse. The old church said you could have been dead, sleeping in your grave, but God, woo, hallelujah, come on and tell me, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo. Go ahead, musicians, come on. time look at someone and say I am so grateful if they knew your story whew, I refuse to look like what I'm going through I refuse to act like what I'm going through I refuse to speak negativity out of my own mouth as we close those eyes, here's the key. You need a genuine relationship with God. The problem with the children of Israel outside of Joshua and Caleb, their relationship was fake. Here's the problem. God had done so much for them don't miss this next observation. But they had never done anything for God. <laughs> to this point, they had never done anything for God. God took care of them. When they were hungry, God sent them food. When they were thirsty, God sent them water. And so they had no relationship with God. Can I tell you something? A relationship is not a one-way street. It is not God always blessing you. A relationship is when you bless God. When you commit to something greater than yourself. Listen, I told the church this morning at 8, and I appreciate those who come to church. But sometimes God calls us for something greater than attendance. 
And at the altar this morning at 8, a young man came to me and said, Pastor Jackson, God has done so much for me. I'm ready to do something for him. And he committed his life to the Lord, and we welcome him as a part of God's kingdom. It doesn't matter if you're a member of Bible Weight. That gets you nothing. But what matters to God is that you are part of his kingdom. And so my question to you today is that what have you given God? Have you made a sacrifice for God? And the only way we can really have a grateful spirit is that we must give to the Lord. Listen to this last powerful psalm. David asked, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? <laughs> then he answers his own question. I will take up the cup of salvation and I will call upon the name of the Lord. God is challenging someone right here to take that extra step. And I'll meet you at this altar. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, no one in this church is perfect. Amen. You just have to have a grateful heart to say, Lord, it could have been another way. But you kept making ways out of nowhere. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We, we bless you. We thank you for we have made up our mind that the spirit of ungratefulness is not going to be a part of our lives. We are not going to allow the emotions of ungratefulness. We are not going to complain. Lord, because you have been so good to us. We thank you for those that are joining us by way of internet, by way of radio. We touch and agree that it is already done. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we could have been destroyed. You brought us from our Egypt experience. You brought us from a mighty long ways. And we say thank you. This is our prayer. This is our commitment. This is our praise to you. And it is in your son Jesus the Christ's name. We pray and give thanks. And all the grateful folks said amen. Look at somebody and say grateful. Ooh, if you want to make that commitment, come on God is calling you to something higher, something better. Ooh, hey, come on, meet me right at this altar as to pray you. Has God been good to you? Come on. Maybe this is your moment. This is your day. That's right. Come on. You, you've been somebody, anybody wants God. You're calling. God's calling you to come stand with us at the altar. Come on. Last Sunday she was in the hospital with chest pains. She's in a wheelchair, but she's here. Amen. Somebody on it. God bless you.
Come on, look at God. Look at these souls that are coming. Others grateful. All the grateful folk. Give God a hand of praise right now. As you stand to your feet, God asked me to ask Bishop Dwight to have this closing prayer. Ooh, look at somebody and say, grateful. I really want you to come back on Tuesday night because there are three key things that God wants us to hear, particularly just before the Thanksgiving season. Amen. God wants us to hear that. I thank God for you. Thank God for your faithfulness. Thank God for how you blessed so many people. Right now, Bishop Dwight, come and just bless this congregation. God told me to ask him to come and just speak a word of prayer over families, over those that are in need. I know we have some protocol stuff we ought to take care of, but God said forget about all that right now. I need to just bless this congregation. Anybody got anybody homesick? No folk that are sick and going through, got loved ones. And here's what I want them to pray for. Bishop, I want you to pray for family members of those who are faithful. Because many of you are faithful, but you don't understand. You're, you're stretching your head and say, what happened to my grandchild? What happened to my child, Lord? We are touching and agreeing right now. Amen. We are sending a special, special prayer. Amen. Anybody know that God can do it? Come on, Bishop. Thank you so much. Gracious Father, in the name of Jesus the Christ, we thank you because it's in you we live, we move, we have our being. We say thank you. Thank you for reminding us of how awesome you are. We say thank you, Lord, because there's no weapon form against us shall be able to prosper. We thank you because we are more than conquerors through him that love us. I pray for the families. I pray for children that's going astray. But God, I reminded what you told Peter. When thou recover, strengthen your brothers. Because he told Peter, you told him he would recover. Yeah. And God, I'm speaking recovery right now for families. Yeah. I'm speaking recovery for sons and daughters. I'm speaking recovery for, 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 for marriages, Lord, and, and their homes and their lives. I ask you to continue to cover this pastor. Cover his family, his grandchildren. Because every step we take is on holy ground. We thank you for him right now. Thank you for your people. Thank you for our mother, God. Continue to strengthen her and all your people everywhere. In the name of Jesus to Christ, we pray. Amen. May God bless you. See you on Tuesday night. Look at somebody and say grateful. Ooh, God bless you.